1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of the Daily Energy Newsbeat stand-up here on this gorgeous Friday. As always, I am your humble, humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Dallas, Texas. Joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com, Stuart Turley. My man, how we doing, today?
0: It's if you <laughs> To be able to in the neighborhood, boy, I just can kind of follow in your uh, lead there. Unless you're a uh, train, man, they're falling all over the place. I assume
1: you have a great conspiracy lined up for us to talk about it. But it is really sad what has happened, both in Ohio and this most recent train crash. So we, our hearts and, and prayers go out to all of the uh, people affected by that. I mean, it seems like what's going on in Ohio is an absolutely ecological disaster. And there is literally nobody to be found helping them. So really, um, we could spend a whole show on that. But congratulations, guys. You made it to Friday. We can all take a deep breath. I don't know about you. I am very excited. Um, it's been a long week, it's been a good week, and we're about to get you out of here quickly. But first, we've got some great stories lined up. First off, Chinese refining giant resumes purchase of Russian flagship crude stool cover. What's going on with the Chinese refining game? Um, The next natural gas futures contracts suggest Europe's energy crisis isn't over. Hmm, interesting. I wonder what we can learn there. Um, Next, we have troubling signs emerge as credit card debt hits record high. I'm still not convinced how this ties into the show, but still, Stu will correct me. Next, we have carbon offset markets that could reach $1 trillion with the right rules. <laughs> I mean, if that title doesn't tell you everything that you need to know about the article, stick around and we'll tell you what it means. Um, next, we have Barclays vows to stop financing oil sands projects. I mean, it's just another example of banks getting out of oil and gas. Um, Stu will kick it over to me. I'll cover slightly what happened over in the overall markets. We got some key jobs data and the PP, uh, the producer price index, um, which I think overall hampered markets oil prices and gas prices down for separate reasons two things I'll cover one Pdc jumps on the openly professing stock buyback train and we'll read about <laughs> what they're doing and then also I would be I would be remiss if I didn't cover this specifically the uh cftc which is the commodity futures trading commission with aggregates all of the uh, uh Commodities futures data um some of their third-party data dividers have been hacked a cyber related incident so they've suspended their weekly friday commitment of traders report uh any trader out there listening wow. to me uh listening to this show you would you you, you follow that immensely you are not going to be seeing that for a couple of weeks due to this cyber so we'll we'll quickly top on that and then we'll let you get out of here hopefully finish up your week and dive on into that weekend, guys. But first, check us out online at the world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com. I promise you it's the best place for all of your energy news. dashboard.energynewsbeat.com, best place for um, all of your data and news combined. Again, we are hard at work at V2 coming to you, coming to a desktop computer near you soon. Stu, enough of the pleasantries. Where do you want to be
0: Well, you know, Michael, all this IR guy uh, stuff, uh, do you think that their meeting with the IR guy starts with, hi, my name's Aaron and I'm the IR guy of the week because they're all having to like name buyouts and all this. I mean, buybacks and all these kind of programs almost sounds like an Alcoholics Anonymous around here with all that going on. Yeah,
1: I guess, you know, The lib in you is coming out. You think stock buybacks are the equivalent of alcohol's anonymous? Nice. (laughs) Nice. Well, I always knew you were lib, Stu.
0: I always knew you were a lib. What's this first story? First story: Chinese refining giants resume purchases of Russia's flagship crude. This means an awful lot in a couple different ways. State oil refining giants, but PetroChina and Synoptic are back on the market for Urals and are buying it at deep discounts. So it, they are buying it less than the sixty dollars. However, vo- it, you can always make up for things in volume. Now, uh, Russia is actually decreasing their production, Michael. So how long can they just keep supplying everything to China at that current price? So I mean, eventually it's going to tailor off. You're absolutely right. You know, I think everybody wants to think that
1: Chinese oil demand is going to go through the roof if that pays off and that happens, Russia's probably right. in a good mode. But if it doesn't, if it continued, you know, not continues, but if it, if it stays flat, yeah,
0: yeah it, you may not, they're not, they're going to run out of buyers very quickly. Oh yeah, absolutely. So this again, follows in with everything that we've been talking about uh, as far as banks moving away. All right, let's go to the next one. Coming around the corner, natural gas futures suggest EU's crisis ain't over. First paragraph, uh, Europe's natural gas futures point to structurally higher prices for the rest of the year as Europe will soon have to start filling inventories for the 2023-2024. Comes down here, prices likely to remain structurally higher before the Russian invasion. This is uh, Henning Gloystein, Director of Energy and Climate Resources at Eurasia Group. Wow, Um, yeah,
1: um I, I think, again, to, to caveat this entire conversation, you have to separate the European natural gas market absolutely. from the U.S. natural gas market because of the limitations of transporting. I mean, it's not easy to transport crude oil or natural gas, but it's a heck of a lot easier to transport crude oil than it is natural gas. So you have to bifurcate when you, and just as a listener and you're thinking about this and that, you know, you, you've you been hearing us sour on the U S natural gas market has very little to do with what's going on in Europe where there's, well, they've seen prices fall, but they're
0: still in a, in, it's still in a tight market. And tanker prices are getting ready to go back up. So, you know, you, you uh, yep. Michael, you hit it right out of the park with that comment. And I didn't mean to compliment you, but it is, I know. yeah, I, uh, you know, I it. <laughs> I'll rub your belly later. All right, let's <laughs> go to the next one. All right. Troubling signs emerge as credit card debt hits record high. And Michael, you asked a legitimate question. What has this got to do with energy? And I know you you try to ride herd on me and everything else. And he's sitting there. He's taking it for our podcast listeners. He's taking a drink out of his water bottle with his pinky up, trying to look like you somewhat... Um, elite, but he's not. And here's, as why. I have a Sasquatch on my water bottle. <laughs> we, we go for the pug. It's the Sasquatch. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Total us credit card debt. Although historically low unemployment has kept consumers' financial footing generally strong, stubbornly high prices uh, will allow uh, maybe testing some borrowers' ability to repay their debts," said Wilbert Van Clough, an economic research. Now, here's the thing, Michael. Another article I read today said that they are really looking at a 50-point. They're not ruling it out on the next one at a 50-point basis to increase next month so okay. that happens this does apply to energy from the standpoint people aren't able to fill up and they they may have a job but people have lost all their savings and their mm-hmm. their backups and their other cash that will impact demand so yeah if what that,
1: inflation because inflation has hit the energy market so hard the rise in just energy costs across the board, has tapped people of their savings. They're reaching in, as you said, to the credit card. So I, I I see your point when you talk about, okay, credit card debt is at its highest point. Well, why is it at its highest point? Well, that's because right. people are leveraged to the tits
0: on um, energy. Right. And, you know, if you're a dog, those are pretty low ground and there's six or eight of them, you know, so, I mean, that's really bad if you're a dog yeah. and leveraged. So, all right. <laughs> that was funny. Okay, let's go to the carbon offset uh, market, which could reach $1 tr- trillion, with right rules. I know you got tickled at that, Michael. Uh, that was really pretty funny. New York and London, the total value of carbon credits produced and sold to help companies and individuals meet their decarbonization goals would approach $1 trillion as soon as 2037. I got a real problem with carbon credits. They they flat allow you to keep polluting and just pay for it, and then you re, uh, raise your prices, and the consumers end up paying for you're still polluting. So I'm not a carbon capture, or excuse me, uh, offset fan. You've been Listen. a long
1: week, Stu. We'll get you out of here quickly. Uh, don't worry. Um, here here's here. <laughs> I feel you. It's a good. It's been a good week though. I I think implementing some sort of carbon market that allows for the exchange of credits designed to overall reduce the amount of emissions is not a bad thing. I actually think it's probably the most efficient way from a market perspective to achieve long-term actual sustainable emissions cuts because the key is it's, you know, it's like dieting. What's the best diet? It's the one that you can sustain for 5 years. It's right. not oh I'm going to go you know, carnivore for 45 days and lose a bunch of weight, or I'm going to go vegan for a month, or I'm going to, you know, do some crazy milkshake or, you know, green tea diet. Yeah, it might in the, in the short term, you might absolutely lose some weight, but in the long run, you can't sustain that. And you're going to then struggle and fluctuate back and forth. It's the same. You know, I use that analogy on this is you can implement something in the short term that actually helps AKA we're going to, you know, you know, we're going to implement this, This, you know, specifically an idea of a cap and trade idea, and it can work in the short term, but long term, it's, set, it's the incentives are not right. aligned for all parties. If the incentive in cap and trade is to figure out a way to acquire credits so that you can trade, you're going about it wrong. The goal is to reduce emissions and any. Right, exactly. And any quote unquote free market solution that we come up with has to have that in mind. Which is why there needs to be regulated a little bit. I know you hate hearing that those two, that one, two words or one word, two syllables, reg or three syllables regulated. There needs to be some sort of cap around. Okay. This is, there's, there's, this is the total amount of missions we can have. And over time it gets slightly smaller, slightly smaller, slightly smaller. And there's no real way to gain these credits other than. You exist in a marketplace in which you're eligible to receive credits.
0: That makes sense. And, and And that is an excellent point. And I, you know that I am not all, anything for legislation through regulation. I have to give John Gutentag a uh, shout out today. I uh, did an interview with him. He is an analyst from Inveris. And he also said that uh, there are some serious issues.
1: Inveris, the company that used to sponsor the show?
0: Oh, Yeah. Uh, but they missed out on all the volume now. So anyway, but Rascal. but rascals. But here's the thing. John Gutentag was dead on right. And he said that not only is there legislation in the new rules that are coming out, there's uh, legislation through regulation. There's also taxation through regulations. And I love that one. Addition- no taxation without representation. We're going back to the Boston Tea Party. Absolutely, and and here's the thing: some regulations are good, just like you described. But then also, legislation legislation through taxation is bad. Taxation through regulation, which he had in the in the podcast today, was phenomenal. So I'm giving my hat hats off to him for going through that. Yeah, we pre- much I want to I don't know how much I want to listen to a tax discussion with you but um I'll I'll leave. <laughs> he's great. I'm a knucklehead. So I feel you. Okay. Uh, Barclays vows to stop financing oil sands projects. Michael, there's a couple things I want to read one paragraph in here and then I want to tell a little bit about the oil sands. Commenting on Barclays new targets, Gene Martin, head of banking programs at Share Action said, mm-hmm. "Disappointingly, Despite not having published a new oil and gas policy for the last three years, the bank's fracking policy remains unchanged and there's no mention of new oil and gas. This means that Barclays continues to be out of step with the current minimum standards of ambition within the industry. Here's a little bit about oil sands. Canadian oil sands is cleaner than anything Iran, Iraq, uh, UAE anything anybody does and when they get done with a oh look at you you're throwing up i know it he's got reverse peristalsis setting in for our podcast listeners reverse peristalsis is the act of violently throwing up peristalsis is the act of actually sw- sw- swallowing so michael bear with me the Ugh. the actual oil field sands, this is a misnomer, but this is part of the ESG pulling of financing for oil. But it's falsely done in this one because uh, part of this is also the uh, hypocrisy in California importing 90% of their natural gas from southern port. uh, Top part is importing from Canada. So, you know. This is just a hypocrisy central on this one.
1: Anyways. Yeah. I I, I mean, it, I, I think we've beat the, this is as you, as you mentioned a couple of shows ago, a dead horse that's now getting up and they're beating it again. I mean, <laughs> I expect nothing less from Barclays. Um, You know, obviously it's short sighted. Obviously yes. it's going to continue to not help this energy crisis. You know, right. it's their decision. I mean, you know, you know, Canadian oil producers probably are. I don't know who's at more at risk of bankruptcy: Canadian oil producers or American oil producers. But you know they're obviously out of the game. But luckily, we have uh, you know banks here in the United States that you know, for better or worse, are still in it. You know, we we, we joke all the time: BlackRock's out of oil and gas; they're not; they're still in it. They just you know uh, clearly their ESG funds aren't doing so well. So it'll be interesting to see how long. My predictions do in five years, Barclays will be back on oil and gas.
0: Uh, I give it two. Ooh, years you heard it here first folks what's else what else you got for us I'm mean, it man I am wiped out it's even Thursday evening when we're recording this and i'd I'd like to pull a plug on tomorrow but my our employees it'd be a little bit like uh lost they can't stand it without me
1: I know you're uh <laughs> people just love we love working with you, Stu. Absolutely.
0: No,
1: <laughs> he's he's it's the one true thing he said all night. Um, but we appreciate it, Stu. I'll I'll get us out of here quick, guys. I mean, I think from a from a market standpoint, we saw um the S P five hundred drop about one point three percentage points. NASDAQ was down one point nine percentage points. Um, a lot of that is due to two reports that dropped, mainly producer price index, which is an inflation metric that tracks Wholesale prices, you know, we have the energy. Obviously, there's the energy uh, inflation. We have, you know, all of these different inflations. But the producer price index is one of kind of the core inflation numbers. We were expecting a 0.4 percent increase in that index. We actually saw a 0.7 percent increase. To top that off, with a, a jobs number that was really odd. We actually lost. We actually lost about a thousand people on the weekly jobless claims. Not quite enough to buoy markets. Then in the afternoon, the sell off sort of to ramp as we had President James Bullard of the Federal Reserve. Um, I don't know which bank he's the president of, um, but he was openly admitted that he was he backed a 50 basis point interest rate hike that didn't pass last time, and we'll be calling for it again this time. That spooked right. markets drove everything down. It's really why crude oil ended up a little bit down, uh, 78.15 off the back of just some weaker dollar news because of that fact, or some stronger dollar news, excuse me, because of that fact. Natural gas trading down $2.41. Um, we saw a 100 BCF draw from the uh, natural. Natural gas reserves, we expected, you know, somewhere from there. I think, you know, if you rewind the tapes, too, I think I did say a hundred on the nose. So I will pat myself on the back um, and say I got lucky on that one. Um, but is still to give context. Our last year, we are about a uh, 166 BCF, so we are still uh, wildly below our normal uh, uh, draw levels. And again, it's what's holding prices down. Again, currently trading two dollars and forty one cents. Last two things I'd like to bring up. If you're a, a futures trader and you pay attention to the uh, um, the Commodity futures trading commissions commitment of traders report. You're going to have to wait as they are a sub, as they have released a uh, statement today. I'll read you part of it. Um, the CFTCC Division of Clearing and Risk Market Oversight. Blah blah. blah today, released the following statement: to Update the public on the reporting delays due to the cyber-related incident on the OIN Clear Derivatives, a subsidiary of Ion Markets, a third-party service provider of cleared derivatives order management, order execution, trading, and trade processing. Quote: Following the Ion cyber-related incident, that's gotta suck. You gotta release a press release because one of one of your third-party providers got hacked by Russia. It was probably some guy that got caught up in a phishing attack. They probably got one of those LinkedIn messages Stu, from one of those ladies you're always getting hit up with and they probably huh. accepted it little do you know it's some some dude in russia or ukraine trying to hack you getting to send you 500 me. bitcoin but reporting firms are continuing to experience some issues submitting timely and accurate data to the cftcc as a result the weekly commitment of traders report that would normally have been published on friday february 17th will be postponed they res- they intend to resume as early as 20 20- as uh, february 24th but it could bleed into march eek not good cyber taking us down mm. You know, um, I don't know what would have stopped it other than, you know, when somebody from, you know, when somebody from Europe emails you and says, yo, quickly, I need your credit card info. Don't give it to me. It's no, my, it's my IT. it's just my IT thing. I, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention we have the latest and greatest company to jump up and down and wave that they're doing stock buybacks PDC Energy um, on top of declaring an increased quarterly cash dividend Um, they also announced a $750 million increase to its share buyback authorization Wow! Um, they come out specifically and announced that the board of directors approved an incremental $750 million to the company's existing $1.25 billion share repurchase program bringing the total authorization to $2 billion the company remains committed to returning a minimum of 60% of its annual post based dividend adjusted free cash flow to shareholders through the company's share repurchase program and special year-end dividend if needed. Wow, they are going after. I mean, add this onto the list of companies that are saying yep. share buybacks, share buybacks, share buybacks. This means something. They want you know, and and I don't want to foresight into what this means. There's obviously geniuses right. behind all of these. You know, I mean, we got right. geniuses coming up with these reports. Geniuses. Um, Genius. <laughs> so I don't want to speculate on on why. I think it's a little short-sighted to try to stick it into the, you know, stick it into the side of an administration who's already attempting to it. I mean, you can just do the stock buyback. You can bury it in the press release like ConocoPhillips did. So, yeah. but instead, but do you come out and say that? I don't know. Smarter, mind, smarter minds than me, clearly. Um, what oh, do we got for the rest of us, Stu?
0: Well, uh for our podcast listeners, we'd like to thank everybody. The show is going totally ballistic. Uh if you have any questions, please uh let up Michael and I know. We would also like to interview anybody in that is a industry thought leader in the energy space, having some great uh, interviews coming up. And then uh, for our podcast listeners also, watch us on YouTube occasionally because Michael just about broke his arm tonight trying to pat himself on the back. He's not that flexible. So again, shout out to Michael for being right. Only the second time in three years on all of our shows. Great job, Michael. It's better to be lucky than good, Stu. Better to be lucky
1: than good. With that, guys, we're going to let you get out of here. Hopefully, start your weekend, if not, finish up your day. We appreciate all of our energy workers who are happy to show up um, on the weekends. We appreciate you guys, but we're out of here. It's Friday. For Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner, guys. We'll see you Monday.